Hi team, welcome back to Becoming a Doctor. I'm Kira, a third year medical student at the University of Birmingham. And I'm Lucy, a second year medical student at the University of Cambridge. Welcome back to our podcast series where we bring you honest insights about life as a medical student, discuss current affairs and talk to guests to inform and motivate you on your journey to becoming a doctor. Welcome to our Open Pod mini-series where we interview medical students from all different medical schools. We'll pick their brains and ask all the important questions you would have asked on an open day. There's an awful lot to consider when choosing your medical school, but don't worry, we break it down with our wonderful guests to help you make the most informed decision possible. So don't let a global pandemic get in the way of choosing the medical school that's right for you. So even if you're not in year 12, now is the best time to start prioritising what you want in your medical school. You'll be there for five or six years and you're definitely going to want to enjoy it. So make sure you think about location, the type of course, clinical contact and intercalation. And these are all things we're going to discuss with our guests in each of our open pod episodes. Before we jump into this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on social media at how to become a doctor with Dr. Svelte DR, where we'll be posting behind the scenes, doing live Q&As and much more. So on today's podcast, we're joined by Jordi from Plymouth. And without further ado, would you be able to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them maybe what year you're in and a little bit about you? Um, hi, guys, I'm Jordi. I'm in, well, second year now, going into second year. I go to Plymouth University, the best medical school. <laughs> Not biased at all. <laughs> okay fab so let's jump into pre-clinical years so when they arrive at medical school on day one how can they expect to be taught um, and what might they experience okay so first year as you walk in you do have like a two-week induction week unlike um the other year groups um in that two-week induction week they really try and ease you into medical school they don't they don't shock you too much obviously the fact that you are in medical school is enough of a shock so they don't add to that too much it's more like easing that transition from a levels to medical school and they've made that very clear at the beginning and it's highlighted like the um, course intensity as well so at the beginning the modules are a little bit more manageable and bite-sized and then it increasingly like gets harder as the term goes on so how are these sessions actually delivered at Plymouth so yeah there are six main teaching sessions um, which I'll go through in as much and little detail as possible to not confuse you too much because I only understood it like now to be honest. Um, so we have small group sessions because Plymouth is and PBL um, does do PBL teaching um, so our small group sessions are called PBLs or now I think they've changed it to EBL which is inquiry-based learning um, so it's a case-based learning there are like six to eight people in a group um, and you come together once or twice a week um, so you're given a case of like a family or a person and over the duration of that module you kind of see and discuss the transition of the person's case so um, not only their medical problems but also any socioeconomic problems that they may be going through um, you explore that over a two-week module because our modules are about two weeks long, two three weeks long we do have a facilitator so it's not completely self-led um, it can be quite daunting at the beginning you think that you have to formulate questions and you know find stuff to do for homework um, by yourselves but no there is a facilitator okay. there but they don't give you all the answers it is 
it is mainly group led and you, you kind of work around your group dynamic and people's strengths and weaknesses um yeah so the outcome of those sessions is to have an understanding of the case or a case what you do if a case comes forward and to be confident and comfortable enough to know where your weaknesses are what you don't know and formulate questions as a group to then do as homework to come back in the following session and answer together you said you had a facilitator and do they have like tutor notes or anything to help guide you a little bit so that you don't go completely off all right yes they do they do have tutor notes to kind of keep us on track so once again it's not as daunting as it seems to be honest it does take a while to get used to you have to work out what sorts of questions you want to ask not be too specific or too broad either like finding that balance is quite tricky but you do have the facilities there that will answer any questions or concerns that you have and also the rest of the group so if you have um, a question bring it up to the group that's that's what they um, encourage in those small group sessions and how many people were in those groups about six to eight people okay that's a nice size then and you just put up the questions between you or do you all do all of the questions some facilitators may split up the questions between the group but in all the sessions that I've been in we've all had to do the same questions and I think it's better that way because then okay. everyone will come in with like some sort of understanding of what the questions are and wouldn't be completely like fresh faced when we come back the following session and like explain our answers. So is anatomy taught in small groups too? Teaching sessions are called LSRCs, which are life science. Well, it's called the Life Science Resource Centre, but the teaching sessions are called LSRCs it's kind of weird semantics but um here is where we learn like the main bulk of our physiology and anatomy and like radiology as well so yes every module so every module is about two weeks long um you do have like a radiology session uh, a physiology session and anatomy session and they're usually held in the lsrc they're about one to two two hour sessions per week um and those two-hour sessions are split into 40-minute sessions, three 40-minute sessions on rotation. So you go, for example, you might have like a physiology session for 40 minutes on, I don't know, the kidney acid-base system. And then you'll go on to another 40-minute session, which is like radio, general radiology of the kidney. And then another 40-minute session of like kidney anatomy um, and that would be within the two-hour block allocated to LSRC that day. So you say anatomy how does that how is that taught is that virtually is it prosection dissection? Yeah um, anatomy is virtual at Plymouth so we have this massive anatomage table which has like digit- digitally photographed corpses on the anatomage table and the corpses as well have been quite gruesome but they've been like sliced into such thin pieces so you can get cross sections as well of the the ca- cadavers per se um so you can get like many angles and points of view of the corpse and there's no fear of making a mistake like cutting i don't know a wrong artery or a wrong nerve and then completely destroying what you you're meant to see so it's completely virtual and you have the freedom to play around with that they really encourage that as well okay and do they direct you through it or does it just sort of self-teaching in the session they direct me through it because it is it does take some getting used to all the buttons and stuff but as you go as you go through the course it, it makes sense but there's always someone there on hand in the rooms if you want to go in in your own time 
um to like ask questions they're very accessible okay great great I didn't know so I said grab then (laughs) don't worry um so these NSRC sessions are slightly larger so the group sizes are slightly larger so it's about 25 to 30 people in a group and it's it's a really good opportunity to like work with more people and see other people in the field as well like for example radiologists that you don't always get to see them um that often um whereas we do every two three weeks so it's it's quite a good insight into um, aspects of medicine that you're not really familiar with um, we also have surface anatomy models um, and these models are basically people in the community um, who are happy for students to like learn surface anatomy on them so it gives you an opportunity to just talk to people because we do have clinical placements but they're not as it's not like an entire three months would be dedicated to that or anything like that you'll be on rotation I'll go into that a little bit later but having surface anatomy models for actual people coming in it's really good to have that um, interaction and like learning how to talk to them because it's weird talking to strangers that you've never met but you slowly get used to what you should say what you shouldn't say um whether to stop talking or to continue talking avoiding awkward silences and stuff so it's a really good skill to pick up especially in first year when you're a little bit nervous and unsure of what it's like to talk to random members of society do you have lectures or just pbl we have the main like lectures which we call plenaries um this is where the bulk of like our psychology sociology and like deeper physiology concepts that require more than just 40 minutes um to learn so these plenaries are an hour long and they're about two to four times a week yeah actually but before you start community placements i was just going to ask you if you could quickly summarize your week into like a timetable it's like so on a monday you would do if that's okay so mondays you have an ebl session um from nine to eleven and that's usually it for monday um and then in the afternoon you may be allocated time for your community placement and that would be every two weeks and that's usually from two to five but again the community placements are kind of on rotation and you're in set groups so some people may have on the monday some people may have on the tuesday wednesday thursday etc but i i had them on the monday um and then so that's it for mondays you have a lot of time to do your own thing um and usually they encourage that you spend that time to prep for the following day because tuesday is a little bit more intense so tuesday you have um lsrc sessions and the entire year group is kind of split into, I think it's three, for LSRC groups. Um, so some people on a Tuesday would have an LSRC session from 9 to 11. Some may have it from 11.30 to 1.30. Um, and it will be like split in that, in that way. But there's usually only two on the Tuesday. So on the Tuesday, I'll say for me, it was from 9 to 11. You'd have an LSRC session. And then from 2 to 4, usually that's a time allocated for plenaries. So you'd either have two plenaries on the Tuesday or just the one. So Wednesdays is usually your free day. There isn't much to do. Sometimes, again, every two weeks, you may have an interactive session, which is like extra insight into some psychology or sociology um topic um and then yeah most of the time wednesday is usually given for sports from the afternoon onwards 
but for us Wednesday is more or less empty so again more time to yourself and then on Thursday we have clinical skills which is uh, a two-hour session up by the north campus which is near Dereford hospital where we learn clinical skills so for example consultation skills um how to take blood, how to do a urine analysis, physical examinations, so like prepping you for ISKIs, which you do in year two, which are like physical examinations. Um, yeah, so that would be on the Thursday for two hours and then Thursday's done. And then Friday would be a little bit more jam-packed. Um, you'd have, you may have another session called a jigsaw session, but again, this is on a fortnightly basis so um, it'll be a two-hour session kind of allocated to reflect on your community placement so there'll be a topic so you have jigsaw sessions for about two hours and then you have another LSRC session two hours and then you would have two to three um, plenaries at the end of the day so from like 2 to 5 p.m you'd have three plenaries back to back and that's it and the weekend's yours yeah so one thing I wanted to quickly touch on before we move on to intercalation is when I I looked at Plymouth but I decided against it because their medical school bit was actually quite far away from the main campus in the city centre and I remember like we had to get a bus up there and it was quite out of the way um would you be able to explain a bit more about how it's set up yeah I thought about that too I did think it was like that but in first and second year you're mostly based in the main city centre campus which is the south campus the only time you'd go up to the north campus which is near the hospital is when you're doing clinical skills or if you have a community placement at the hospital so those would be the only times that you'd go up there and the bus journey is about maximum 20 minutes on a bad day when you go up for clinical skills um and it's for free but no you're not you're not based at the north campus you're based in the main city center so that's also something that people that are interested in Plymouth should bear in mind they should book an accommodation near the main city I almost made that mistake and booked accommodation up by the north campus um but then I quickly realized that we're not based at so earlier you mentioned jigsaw sessions to reflect on placement what does that actually mean so jigsaw is a little bit weird and unique to Plymouth so what we have we have the community placements and then we have to write a reflective piece which we called RPAs which are reflective portfolio analysis which you have to do after every single um, community placement they put great emphasis on this um, it does take some getting used to like around the second or third RPA you'd feel more confident about your style of writing but it's just like a reflective document where um, you have little uh, booster words that you need to kind of like elaborate on and reflect on how that's linked to your placement like two three main key things that you've learned from your placement that you've reflected on so you do that just before your or after your jigsaw sessions it doesn't really matter and the jigsaw sessions are purely to um like talk as a group so it'll be the same ebl group that you have so you, you know them and you create a rapport you're comfortable hopefully and talk to them about um, honest and raw things that you've experienced on your placement. Um, so you'll have a main like a theme, for example, teaching in medicine and from whatever placement that you've gone to, for example, a funeral home or 
um, antenatal unit or different sectors of society to come in and explore your experience based on that theme and you'll do different group activities in those two hours as well um, once again you'll have a facilitator to kind of guide you through um, the session and also you may have leaders like you may have topic leaders that will go on rotation within the group and so they may have like a quick five minute presentation at the beginning kind of explaining what the theme is and what they've learned from it etc so again another interactive teaching opportunity that um, we do at Plymouth. Fabulous so I think that's a really great insight into like what it'd be like for the first couple of years and would we be able to talk about intercalation now so is it compulsory is it optional a little bit about that. Okay so intercalation is not compulsory it is optional and from what I've heard a handful of people do it so our cohort's quite big so we're about 160 this year so they do say that about about 20% of people um, have the opportunity to intercalate between third year and fourth year so it's not compulsory it's not ingrained in the curriculum like um, UCL for example or Cambridge for example um, it, there is an opportunity to not intercalate if you're not interested in doing so um, but we do have like research opportunities throughout the year if you don't feel like you want to dedicate an entire year to intercalation. Fantastic and then so after potentially intercalating or just carrying on straight through it at clinical years um, do you know a little bit about how they're structured and which hospitals you might go to because I remember again when I went to Plymouth I don't recall there was that many hospitals. Yeah, um, so there are, there's only one main hospital in the area, which is Derriford Hospital. Um, so clinical placements start third year onwards. So third year, fourth year, fifth year, you'll be rotating around. The hospitals that you do rotate around are Plymouth, Torbay and Taunton. And you'll be given like a randomly generated combo of the three in first year, which you can ask to rearrange and rejig if you like. Um, so, for example, for me, I've got Plymouth, Torbay, Taunton. So in third year, I'll be at, based at Plymouth. Fourth year, I'd be based at Torbay. And then fifth year, I'd be based at Taunton. You just book an accommodation nearby. You do have, I think, lectures once a week anyways, even during your um, clinical placement years. So that I'm not sure if you go back to the main campus or if it could be done virtually especially now because covid's kind of changed the sort of curriculum i'm unsure about that a little bit what about life in general in plymouth life in general in plymouth plymouth is quite a small city you do get used to what you see around you but it's it's great like i wish i had the opportunity to go see the seaside and explore the sites a little bit more because I did book that for summer but obviously summer got cut off but whilst I was there the people there are awesome you're you're they constantly have like um like opportunities for different courses to like see each other because medicine you kind of feel like you're isolated a little bit but there are societies and clubs that um allow you to like interact with other people but we do have medical sports clubs as well specifically for you know medical students so you can get involved in that but in general like the people there um it's not as intense i would say as like a london university there's definitely it's a little safer for example um yeah and it's, it's a nice it's a nice community to be part of 
Lovely. Okay, so number one, um, what is the best thing about your medical school? Ooh, okay. I would say the teachers. I'm not going to lie, because I was quite nervous that they'd be um, quite distant, but they're so hands-on with your learning. They really try and like understand each and every one of us, which is great. So I would say the teachers and lecturers are the best thing about my medical school. Brilliant. And why did you choose Plymouth Medical School? So I chose Plymouth Medical School, I guess, by default, because that was the one that I got into. But I chose it... um, because I liked the PBL course, I was quite intrigued by that. Um, I didn't really know what it was, I haven't been taught in that way at all really at school. So I kind of wanted to see what it's like. Also, my dad's an architect, so he said that during his, you know, his design school was very much problem-based learning as well. So he kind of like instilled a little bit more confidence into the fact that I'm diving into something quite new. Um, and yeah, I like the fact that you can have small group teaching, like you get to know everyone a little bit better rather than being dumped in a massive lecture theatre. Definitely. Okay. And the next one is, what have you found to be the hardest thing about studying medicine so far? Um, I guess the limit, knowing when to stop or um, like the boundary, like the upper, upper boundary. Um, it is quite tricky. You do have a learning objective, like learning objectives, basically like a specification for A-levels. Um, but still, like you feel like other people are probably going into a bit more depth than you are. So there's a little bit yeah. of a confidence knock there. But you do get up quite quickly because the rest of your group are very encouraging as well. So if they have like, especially in those EBL sessions, if they have questions um, and they have an answer that's like really well thought out, you can sometimes look at them and be like, wow, they thought that out really well. Why didn't I think of that? But at least you know now you know so there's, there's a bit of that yeah and um, what tips would you give to someone who has listened to this episode and thinks absolutely Plymouth is the one for me so what tips would you give them to help them apply okay I would say have be familiar of the course because the course is like unique to Plymouth so I think they'll like it if you're familiar with the course and also just be humane like in the interview I think that's what they were picking up the most from me because I did make mistakes in my interview, but I still did really well. Um, they rank your, they um, score your interviews, by the way. So um, even if you do make a mistake, like acknowledging that and realizing that is they like that because it shows that you're a very humane person um, and unafraid of making mistakes because those small group teaching sessions kind of feed into the fact that it's okay to not know something because someone else might and you'll learn from them so they really want someone that's like eager to learn hungry to learn with the inbuilt curiosity so if you show that your personal statement your interviews that's fab awesome okay well thank you so so much for talking to us about Plymouth I'm sure our listeners will find that really really helpful thank you thank you so much We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did find it helpful, please do share this podcast with others who may also benefit. Make sure you hit subscribe to be notified when our next episode is released and leave us a review if you're enjoying the podcast. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at how to become a doctor with Dr. Spelt DR for exclusive quizzes, behind the scenes content and to stay up to date with all things how to become a doctor. Don't forget to follow at MedicMentor2 to learn more about other opportunities to enhance your application. Please do comment under the Instagram posts for each episode if you've got any thoughts, questions, things you like, things we could do differently and what you'd like us to talk about next because we obviously want to do everything we can to support you and let us know and we are very receptive. 
that's all so take care guys have a good one bye